a prominent entertainment industry CEO, stuns the markets by announcing he is stepping down. What can we learn about exit strategies and when it's time to pass the torch? That and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacking Benjamins podcast. I'm Joe Salcihai. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. Today's show is brought to you by Ubiquity Retirement and Savings. Thanks to them for supporting Money with Friends. Ubiquity offers simple, online, and affordable small business retirement solutions starting at just $75 a month. Get ahead of the future with help from Ubiquity's team of experts. Visit myubiquity.com to learn more. That's M-Y-U-B-I-Q-U-I-T-Y.com to learn more. Big thanks to them and retirement made much, much easier. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about retirement. I sort of stumbled on the headline because I didn't, I was going to say retirement and then I switched to stepping down because he is, the person we're going to talk about is still going to be with the company for a transition period. So, and, and we're not really clear that he's retiring. He might be doing something else. We yeah. can talk about that idea. Um, but he is stepping down from the CEO role. It's an interesting time for him. And we'll talk about how, what this has to do with you and maybe when you decide to step down from whatever you're doing. But first, let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. This is Scott from the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. The money talking party starts now. It's time for Money with Friends. All right. Today's piece is written by John Schwartz for MarketWatch, and it's Disney CEO Bob Iger steps down. Company veteran Bob Chapek takes the reins. Walt Disney Company Chief Executive Bob Iger abruptly stepped down Tuesday, sending shockwaves through Hollywood, Wall Street, and Silicon Valley. Bob Chapek, who served as chairman of Disney Parks, experiences and products since its creation in 2018, was named Iger's successor effective immediately. Chapek's jolting promotion sent Disney shares down in after-hours trading, ended years of speculation over who would succeed Iger at the world's largest entertainment company. With the successful launch of Disney's direct-to-consumer businesses and the integration of 21st Century Fox well underway, I believe this is the optimal time to transition to a new CEO, Iger, 69, who's been at the Elb for 15 years, said in a statement. I have the utmost confidence in Bob and look forward to working closely with him over the next 22 months as he assumes this new role and delves deeper into Disney's multifaceted global businesses and operations while I continue to focus on the company's creative endeavors. Iger assumed the role of executive chairman through 2021, where he will also direct the company's creative endeavors. Chapek, 60, has also been employed by Disney, in his case, for 27 years. Iger said that Chapek had been identified as his successor for some time. In response to an analyst question during a conference call about the sudden Unexpected timing of his departure, Iger said that with the company's $71 billion acquisition of Fox's entertainment assets last year and a strategic plan in place, it was best for him to spend more time on the creative side. Quote, getting everything right creatively should be my number one goal, Iger said. 
Managing that while overseeing all the properties of Disney, he added, was unrealistic. When pressed about his plans after 2021, Iger told CNBC he would, he would quote, use my imagination. <laughs> and further in the piece, it does say several analysts summarizing the tone of the hastily arranged call expressed shock at the timing of Iger's announcement. It was Iger who oversaw the acquisitions of Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm to build the most successful studio in Hollywood history. At the same time, Iger had postponed his retirement multiple times. I d clearly, we don't know, Bobby, what happened on the inside. Um, and at first, there was lots of speculation, at least in my Twitter feed, about uh, about why this would happen and definitely didn't seem like there was any good news here. However, when you look at all the dominoes and know there's been nothing that's come out since Tuesday that said otherwise, Iger just said, you know what, it's, it, it is time. And the more I think about it, the more I think, how great is that to, because you know that, um, there would be so much scrutiny on an heir apparent of a company as big as Disney is now, now that they own Fox and Marvel and LucasArts, um, all these different companies. Studios, yeah. yeah, they own all these different places now that they didn't own before Iger took over. And uh, so the scrutiny would be huge on somebody who's the heir apparent and getting ready to take over. Forget that. Let's just say it happened now. It is what it is, and let's deal with reality, which is this is the person who's in charge today. But Iger is still very much there until 2021. So it's even though the title has changed, and I assume the responsibilities, they're trying to have a clean break, which I, I see what you're saying. I think that's probably the strategy there. Iger is still very much going to be a presence there, and uh, we'll see. But I, I do think that it, sometimes it's easier to just make it a you know, a clean break rather than have that overlap for too long. It's uh, uh, I just got done reading uh, Bob Iger's recent memoir called Ride of a Lifetime. And it's one of the few books by a company CEO that I've read that didn't read like it was written by a uh, with a. Uh, not by the CEO. It definitely reads like Iger wrote it, but it also reads like there were no lawyers looking over his shoulder. Like a lot of times you'll read these really? CEOs memoirs and it definitely seems very corporate, very promotional. He talks very openly about mistakes he made and things that didn't go well and problems that he had in the industry and problems he'd had with other people. And, um, and, and it's, and it's very, it's, it's very blunt. And, some books I've read by people, I trust them less uh, afterwards. Um, a couple people. Mike Krzyzewski comes to mind His when he wrote his book. I didn't like that book, and I thought that he he had so much double talk in that book about why he was just hugely successful. I got done with that book. I started that book thinking he was a phenomenal basketball coach for Duke. I got done thinking he was an egomaniac. I felt the same way for the guy that created uh, Survivor, Mark uh, Burnett's book. I, I got halfway through the book. I had to put it down because it just read like I'm phenomenal and everybody should love me. Not that Iger's book, completely different, just very much cards on the table. And you got the feeling that's who he is. And that's why, by the way, he was able to bring Steve Jobs to the table with their, their, their big affiliation with Apple and all the stuff that they did with Apple and buying Pixar. Pixar, yeah. Um, uh, as, as, as people might not know, his, the guy before Iger, uh, Michael Eisner and Steve Jobs hated each other. And Steve Jobs even said, I will never ever sell Pixar to Disney. And then Iger comes in and he does. And it was because of Iger's 
complete just laying the cards on the table getting rid of your ego lots of good lessons here by the way in bobby Iger's career about he did so many great moves bobby for the disney company because he he wasn't worried about his ego he he had other people who were phenomenal at what they did. He let other people shine. You didn't hear about Bob Iger very much during his 15-year reign. Um, he he never made himself the genius of of Disney. Um, I thought that was a good lesson. I think another I think another lesson here is about going out on top, like not overstaying your welcome. I mean, yeah. What could he do after this? Like seriously, what can he do? He's he, he Star Wars is his. The Marvel Universe is his. 20th Century Fox is his. He did all these phenomenal moves. Uh, Pixar, before that, he made all these... The, 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 the parks are all being rebuilt. All this... I mean, coronavirus is horrible, but he can't do anything about that. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, look, they just announced um, earnings that were better than expectations, and Disney Plus has had tremendous success early on. 26.5 million people subscribed in the first quarter of, avail of availability, and another couple million have joined already in 2020, the article goes on to say. And also, it's important to remember, Iger presided over a very tumultuous time in the media sector, where so many businesses were seeing massive disruptions, and he had to pivot and create new strategies along the way. So much of what was in place when he took over has just been blown up with all the cord cutting and changes in streaming and the way content is delivered to people, the formats that people use. He had to manage this huge conglomerate and keep it relevant during all of that. That's a great point. When he came into power, you know, he came from the ABC side of the business and owning and I remember this from the '90s, and 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 uh, uh, owning owning ABC, owning ESPN, like that was that was big. You needed to control like who saw what, and you look at those properties now, and that's not nearly as attractive as having something like a Disney Plus, where you can watch it wherever you want, get all this on-demand stuff. So so creating that pretty interesting. I got to ask a question on a different topic. If you're a Disney shareholder. And you see a CEO who has done as much as Iger did, and he steps down. Like, is this is this a reason to sell your stock? No, because it's an orderly transition of someone that's been with the company and been an ally to Iger for all those years. It's certainly amicable in that he's going to be there through 2021. So he's not really going anywhere. He's certainly there as an advisor. So that's very smooth. And you, you know, it's a sign. It's, it's almost like a good parent lets their children fly at some point. You know, he's put someone in place that he may have not announced it publicly, but he says that um, his successor has been, um, you know, decided well ahead of this and it's a very orderly transition do you and watch someone who also has had success by the way because he's overseen a lot of projects i mean he oversaw the disney shanghai resort um and the two star wars themed lands that opened in california and florida he had strategies in terms of managing crowd overcrowding at the parks and sort of um, figuring out the right pricing to make sure that the experience um, remained what they wanted it to be. So he's putting, you know, the business in very, what seemed like very capable hands. I mean, surely if, if he, uh, if he has been nurturing, uh, Chapek, which he has, um, um, uh, they've worked closely together and that's good. But I wonder if, if you're a shareholder, if you watch the stock a little more closely, if you watch the moves that the company makes a little more closely, 
to see if if uh, you know where where the new CEO is putting his his print because uh, I'll be curious to see what happens. I mean, the company definitely acted a lot differently under, under Iger than it did under Eisner. You know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, so we'll see. Yeah, big stuff there. Uh, much more to come, but uh, not a lot more to come here. We just have our big takeaway from today's show, uh, and I will give Bobby just a second to think about her big takeaway while I talk a little bit about our sponsor, Ubiquity. Ubiquity Retirement and Savings is somebody is a company that works with small business owners. And if you're a small business owner, choosing the right retirement plan can seem pretty complicated. In fact, in our Stacking Benjamins Facebook group, Bobby, we had a person talking about, I'm so confused about what could, uh, about what to do. I really want to offer some benefits to people. And I told them, I said, hey, you probably want to check out Ubiquity. And Lisa, their marketing director, is uh, was right there answering questions immediately for our, our uh, Stacking Benjamins fan. But if it does seem complicated, that is history. It doesn't have to be complicated. Ubiquity makes it easy to save for the future on your terms and within your budget. In just a few clicks, you can see 401k plans designed by experts online, or you can talk to them and tailor a plan that meets your specific needs and the needs of your employees. Ubiquity's affordable flat fee plans start at just $75 a month. Whether you're a solopreneur or have a team of 100 employees, everybody gets the same exceptional service at Ubiquity. Kickstart your move your future. Kickstart your future at myubiquity.com. That's M-Y-U-B-I-Q-U-I-T-Y.com to learn more. Big thanks to Ubiquity for supporting the show. And if you're a small business owner not giving your employees or yourself a retirement plan, this is a good reason to be able to do it. Much more affordable, Bobby. Yes, absolutely. All right. What's your takeaway? So I'm a fan of Mr. Iger. He's led a major media company and entertainment company through a time when the industry faced tremendous amounts of disruption. While not every single decision has panned out, and we've talked about the fact that he does admit that he's made mistakes. Iger has done a lot of innovative and creative things for Disney and has taken many risks that have paid off. Iger is still going to be there for some time till 2021. Emphasis on at least. We never know. He may stay a little longer, maybe. But he is leaving right after the company beat earnings estimates and has had a lot of great news. My bet is that even if he does fully leave Disney in that time frame, he will still do things that are pretty cool. I don't know that he is retiring. I think he is going to do more really cool stuff. I can't wait to see what he does next. It's uh, based on how creative he's been lately with his new book out. And I've watched some of his interviews. It'll be cool to see uh, what where he goes. But it's also going to be cool to see where... The company goes without him, which is which is my uh, takeaway. When I look at a company, I'm always amazed about how the wheels spin and how different it is for companies than it is for people, even though it's people that actually run these companies. And Disney wanted to make sure that there was a strategic change when they made a change at the top. And if you're going to make a big change, instead of just making an emotional decision about retirement or where you're retiring from, thinking about what's coming up next for you, I think is a big part of the plan. What is your succession plan? So whether it's your retirement strategy, your estate plan, how have you, how have you planned for changes? Because change is the only constant that we have, right? So that's my takeaway. Well, thank you. Very well said. It's really true. We really should take this to heart and reflect on our own lives and what we've got in place. It's amazing to watch the machine turn and everybody's like, yeah, no big deal. 
it's it's mm. it's great. Disney has a plan. We know Disney has okay. a plan. Yes. <laughs> but if Bobby stepped down today from Money with Friends, we have no plan. There is no backup. It would That's be not true. something totally horrible and different. Right but back at you. what's 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 going on? What's that that got morbid in a hurry. What's uh what's how do people help us make the show, Bobby? Join us on one of our live tapings on YouTube or Facebook, but you can also follow us on Instagram. Stay close to the stories. Our, and uh, we post a lot of polls and quizzes that you can be part of. At Money Friends Pod is the handle, both on Instagram, by the way, and also on Twitter. So please join us in both locations. You can find out more about the show by going to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. And if you go to the schedule, you can get links to the stories that we talk about. We'll see you back here at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2020. Ryan Sini and Nicole Thornhill from Pro Podcast Solutions engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be a part of the show. As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or other video or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.